Hey gamers, this is Joe for What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 91 of the podcast that was originally recorded on November 4th of 2015. Some of the games I played for the week, Red November, The Pillars of the Earth, Forbidden Island, Munchkin the Nightmare Before Christmas, Seven Days to Die, and A Little Shroud of the Avatar. Of course, I also talked about a few of the games I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the games. This is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and we are on episode 91 of the podcast. Hey, thanks for joining me this evening, and welcome to another episode of talking about both board and video games. Hey, as always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign, what I'm playing now podcast, and then of course our Twitch channel, which is as always twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And I will say the Twitch channel was live last Saturday as I went down to my local game store and we were testing out streaming from the game store for Extra Life, which is coming up this Saturday. So there's a couple of days where you can still go out and show a little support, do some small donations. We'll be taking donations throughout the whole charity event that will be for 24 hours starting early Saturday morning and going into Sunday morning. So basically Friday night at midnight, we will be starting to play some games and we will be going for 24 hours and it will be streamed live out to Twitch. And it looks like everything was working from our testing that we did on Saturday. And I actually got a couple of good games in on Saturday that I really weren't planning on playing this week. So, hey, let's jump into what I'm playing now. and We could talk about some of the things I played this past week. So I went down to my local game store on Thursday for my normal Thursday board game meetup with a bunch of people. And the first game that we played was a little game called Red November. Red November is a co-op game. It's a couple of years old, maybe several years old from Fantasy Flight Games. Each player is a gnome and you're on a submarine. And your goal is basically to survive for 60 minutes of, we'll say, game time without perishing. Now, this sounds way easier than it is, though. On your turn, you can do a couple of things. You can move. You can perform one of several actions. Um, Normally, you're going to be preparing your sub so that it doesn't basically just continue sinking. You can also loot some plunder along the way, which is going to help you out most of the time. Most of the actions are decided by a single die roll of a 10-sided die. And the trick is you're going to spend time to make the dice roll easier. Now, this is all well and good, and easier is always better, as we say, but the catch here is the more time that you're going to spend, the further along the time track your piece is going to move and the more encounters you're going to kick off. Now, some of these encounters that you're going to kick off, they won't be so bad, but a majority of them will be, and they could start sending the sub completely out of control with um, water filling in rooms, fire starting, and possibly one of three disaster tracks, which you have on the board, which are asphyxiation, heat, and pressure, and these could increase to basically horrible conditions, uh, which can basically bring upon you the end of the game. So like I said at the beginning, this is a co-op game, so you are going to need to work together to try to contain all of these disasters on the ship, 
And all the while, you're going to be hoping that you don't run into the Great Kraken, which is also part of the game. Uh, now, when we played this, first couple of turns, we were looking at each other like, we got this. This is easy. What We were just like, what, what can go wrong here? But once uh, things kind of got out of control, I will say we died very, very quickly. Uh, we kind of sat there and looked at each other wondering what went wrong. And I think basically what we did was we were just moving along that time track just a little too quickly, turning over too many of the event cards. And they were just they were just bad event cards. And we happened to be in rooms where the events were occurring and people were basically caught on fire and died. There were people that were drowning because the rooms were filled up with water. And I think on one turn, we basically lost a couple of our goblins to um, a room filled with water and a fire, like I said. So really, really, really crazy game, but we all really enjoyed it. And I definitely play this one again. If you do get a chance to maybe get this game to the table, check out Red November from Fantasy Flight Games. Now, I was looking on Board Game Geek. One of the things that was quite interesting to me was... The actual first version is cheaper than the revised version. I'm not too sure why. We were playing the actual first version of the game, I believe it was. We weren't playing the revised one. The game was actually really fun, like I said. So if you do get a chance to play Red November, check it out. I hadn't heard of it before. The owner of the store actually brought it up, and he said he had kind of wanted to play this game. One of the other guys that hangs out with our group brought it down. And then he also brought our second game down, which was a game for me, which was actually one of the games that was on my What I Want to Play Now list, and that is The Pillars of the Earth. And I will say, I've heard some good things about this game, and I've heard some not-so-good things about this game. And when I kind of posted that I was playing this on one of the Facebook group, groups I'm in, all I could say is, wow, I was not ready for the differing of opinions that quickly popped up on this feed. And I kind of just sat back and watched people discuss this and was like, holy crap, I, I thought the game was okay. I kind of said that at the beginning and I didn't jump into the, any of the rest of the conversation. But there are some big differing of difference of opinions on this game. And I can't think of another post that I've made on Facebook where I just said I'm playing this for the first time. It, I think it's okay. And... Pretty much the thread just went control inst out of control instantly. I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, as far as worker placement game goes, I have to say I did like it. Kind of like I said. I started out doing very well. And I jumped ahead in the early game, which, I, which seems to be something I can do in worker placement games very often. But for some reason, mid-game, I lose my engine. And I don't get it going again until the end and where it starts back up. And then it's usually just too late for me. So this game's like I said, it's a tr traditional worker placement game. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to contribute the most to building best cathedral in England. Your workers are going to obtain resources for you, which you're then going to turn into victory points based on the putting those resources on craftsmen, which can then turn certain sorts of resources into a certain amount of victory points. So on some of the cards, you could have maybe like some granite or I can't remember what they all were granite wood and on the card it'll say two granite um, you can do this four times a turn it'll give you one point so you can basically do that with your with your um, with your resources and your workers but then one of the more interesting components of the game is kind of the rondelle that's at the bottom of the board it happens each turn to randomly give opponents the ability to purchase kind of how early in the turn they want to place their actual pawns on the board and where they're going to go so I think there's eight different spaces because you start off at seven and then it goes down to zero. So if your pawn is randomly drawn out of the bag first, it'll be placed on seven. 
and you can then spend seven gold to actually place that pawn anywhere on the board and you will basically get that action or whatever whatever it is you took on the board and there's like 12 or 14 i think different spots on the board that are basically going to happen at like the end of the round that are going to kick all these off all of these different actions that are kind of going on and it kind of just goes clockwise in a circle around the board really interesting layout really cool really intuitive and once you kind of see how it all kind of flows and goes together you really go to get get a good feeling for what you need to do so like i said it's a really interesting mechanic i caught on to the whole rondell really quickly but I definitely did not master it this first playthrough. I have to say, this is definitely a game I want to add to my collection if it were reprinted. And looking out there on BGG for some of the current prices that some people have out there, I know this is um, a grail game for some people. It seems to be higher priced, and I think I'm hoping maybe they can just reprint this one. I don't know if I really want to pay the current prices for it. So if you do get a chance to play Pillars of the Earth, definitely check out Pillars of the Earth. There's a lot going on in the board. It's... There, there probably are some newer worker placement games that have probably refined some of the things that this game kind of kind of introduced since it was an earlier worker placement game. But I will say I had a really good time with it, and I have a feeling my wife and I would really enjoy getting this one to the table and playing it. So it's still going to remain on my list. I'm not going to pay the current high prices. I'm hoping it's going to get reprinted. That's about my two cents on the whole thing. All right. So that was Thursday night. Friday, or Saturday when I went down to the store, like I said, I wanted to go down there and actually test out um, the Twitch stream and see how it would work. I took my wife's laptop down there. I took my microphone and I just used my webcam. I was going to try to use my DSLR to actually film everything, but then I figured I'm going to need an AC adapter. My batteries aren't going to last. I really didn't want to have my brand new DSLR down there. I figure my little Logitech 920 webcam should work quite fine after chatting with one of my buddies who does audio, audio visual work. So we went with that and it actually looked extremely, extremely well. I mean, it looked really, it looked really good. My wife was checking it out. The store owner was watching it from his computer. He was really impressed with how it was. And he was laughing because years ago, the store that I go to, they actually had uh, computers down there that you could actually come into and rent time on kind of like an internet cafe. They would play a bunch of EverQuest and a bunch of the other online games that were back on during that time. I think Ultima Online was probably one of the earlier ones that they played as well as a bunch of other ones. And they had a T1 coming into the store back then. And I think he actually had a webcam that you could, um, that he had set up in the corner so you could kind of actually see what was going on at the store at the time. And this is before streaming was even pretty much thought of before you had Twitch and everything. And back then the video looked horrible. It was just took up a lot of bandwidth and it was just crazy. And now what you can do with my laptop with a little webcam, I had my mic sitting there and it was picking up the audio quite well. It was, I was really pleased with what we're going to do. So I got to play around a little bit with uh, my Twitch stream and I'm going to try to get some overlays working and maybe some other things working within either OBS, which is some of the, which is the software I was using over the weekend or XSplit, which is maybe one that I'm using, I may use. Uh, so we'll have actually have to wait and see how Saturday turns up, but I'm really looking forward to some 24 hours of gaming. But as I was down there, there were a couple of guys sitting at a table. And they were nice enough to be on Twitch with us for the day. And one of the games they they were sitting there getting ready to play when I walked up was Forbidden Island. Now, I've never played any of the Forbidden games. I've really been interested in getting one of them to the table. And I don't even know if I actually ever seen anybody playing any of the Forbidden Island or Forbidden Desert games down at the store. But I was really happy to see that they had this game set out. They were just getting ready to start. They happily invited me to sit down. We went through a game of Forbidden Island. It's definitely an entry-level co-op game, but I thought it was pretty fun. Each player is given a character at the beginning of the game, and then you have a hand of cards. I think you have five cards, I think it was. And basically what you're trying to do, you're trying to match up cards to some of the different treasures. 
and you're trying to obtain, I think it was basically four of a kind. I think it was four or five. I can't remember off the top of my head. I only played it one time. So basically you can, when you have the four or five cards matched up, you're going to move on to one of the sacred treasure spots. You turn in those cards. You can then get that sacred treasure. And the object is to basically obtain all four of the sacred treasures between the players and then get to the helicopter pad before all the pieces of the island sink. So on your turn, you have three actions, which can consist of basically trading cards, moving, um, or you can basically shore up a piece of the island that has flipped over. If basically if the cards flipped over and that card is drawn again from the deck, it will actually sink and basically be removed from the board. So if you actually shore it up, a car, a little tile that's been flipped over to its to its sinking side will then flip back over to its above water side, I guess you could say. And then what you're going to do at the end of your turn, you're going to draw a couple of cards from your hand. You're going to draw a couple of cards, which basically shows what tiles are being flipped over. And if the ever infamous water rises card comes up, that's when things kind of start getting crazy. You will then flip over a couple of more tiles and these tiles will then basically start sinking. So in our game, we got kind of unlucky. Uh, we had the Water Rises cards were basically at the bottom of the deck. Luckily, though, we started out to a really good lead. We were kept keeping a lot of the island pieces of tiles short up. And so once we ran into a couple of those cards, basically right one after the other, it hurt us a little bit, but it actually didn't stop us from winning. We were able to basically get enough short up. One of the guys was able to get to the exit as me and the other guy kind of finished up the last piece, sacred treasure, that piece that we were looking for. He was, we almost lost one island piece to where we couldn't get to the, to the helicopter drop point, but the one guy had a helicopter card and he was able to teleport myself and him to that end spot and we were actually able to win the game. And I'd, I'd say I'd definitely play this one again. I think this is a game my wife probably would even like as far as co-op game, game, games go. Like I said, it's entry level. It was very easy to pick up on. Definitely wasn't difficult to learn or anything, but if you get a chance to play Forbidden Island, definitely check that one out. After Forbidden Island, we started a game of the new Game of Thrones card game, the version 2.0. We got a couple of rounds into that before there was actually an event that was starting off at the game store. So I can't really talk about too much. Of, I can't really talk too much about that Game of Thrones board or card game, mainly because I only got a couple of turns into it and I really didn't get a good feel for what was all going on. They were kind of helping me play a couple of my different cards because the guys that were playing had played before. I would definitely give this one a try again. I mean, after I had played, and I talked about the Lord of the Rings Living Card game a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month ago or so, having played that one, and not having played uh, the the Game of Thrones one, I definitely would give that a shot. It seemed like it was really fun from what I could tell from the, from the little bit of time I spent with it. But the event that was actually going on down at our game store Saturday, which I wasn't planning on hanging around for, but I actually did, and we actually streamed it out to Twitch as well, was Munchkin the Nightmare Before Christmas. So basically... I'm not too sure what I can all say about this game, but uh, it's kind of munchkin. It was with all the Nightmare Before Christmas cards. So on your turn, you're going to kick down a door, flip over a card, and kind of just see what happens. If it's a monster, you can encounter it. Other people can help you. You can screw your neighbor over. Your neighbors can screw you over. You're trying to basically get to level 10. The first person to level 10 is going to be the winner. And it was okay. It's it's a munchkin game, and I kind of felt bad. One of the guys that was playing was kind of stuck on level one. He kind of messed with one of the other guys very early on, and then that guy just kept messing with him throughout the whole game. And he was he just couldn't. Every time he explored, he just wasn't getting any monsters. And I was I was kind of unlucky too. I think I only ended up at the end of the game up at level three or four, and I think most of the other people were either seven or eight. And um, and then the one guy hit 10, actually. So there were like three guys that were probably close to 10. And then there were two of us that were, I was right around five. And then the other guy was still closer to one. 
I gave him a level towards the end of the game just to try to get him off of the low spot already. But it was Nightmare Before Christmas was an okay game. There's a couple of different seasons that you have. So you can basically have like the Christmas season, Easter, Thanksgiving um, season, and you can have these kind of cards in front of you that will let you play other cards that will then match up to that particular season, give you different bonuses. Towards the end of the game, I actually had quite a few pluses in front of me and I had basically what I would consider kind of like a whole suit of armor because I had like a headpiece on a chest piece, boots, and just everything. And I think I was like plus 12 or 13 for my fighting. So, but the thing was, I had all these pluses. I was extremely strong at the time. I could pretty much take on any monster that would have come been flipped over. But when it got to my turn, I just wasn't flipping over any monsters either, kind of like the one other guy. So I couldn't level up. And I, I mean, I tried to just build up my character as good as I could, and I did. But um, it was just really hard without getting any monsters flipped over. If you get a chance and you're into Munchkin, definitely check out Mun The Nightmare Before Christmas. The art on the cards, of course, was really cool. I like it. It was a lot of the cards were really was were really funny. But Munchkin is is basically just Munchkin, and it's just kind of really screw your type of screw your neighbor over game, and it's it's just an okay game in my book. I I really I do I don't mind screw your screw your neighbor over games that much, but this one. I'm not really too sure what else to say about. So, all right, let's jump over to some video games that I was playing. Of course, I played some more Seven Days to Die. I can't remember where I left off last week in discussing that game. I didn't have a chance to play it too, too much this week, mainly because of the next game that I'll talk about. But um, Seven Days to Die, my house got kind of overrun by zombies during one of the Red Moon nights. I was really concerned that I wasn't going to be able to rebuild. I kind of sat out in the cornfield waiting for all the zombies to dissipate, or kind of not dissipate, I guess, just waiting for sunlight so I can go in there and kill everybody. And I luckily I had a pistol on me, and I just went in there and just started shooting and just started killing all the zombies. I think I died maybe one more time while I was trying to clear the house. I did get the house all cleared. They destroyed parts of some parts of the wall and a couple other things. They basically took out part a huge part of the wall upstairs to where I was able to just install a door, which goes outside to nowhere which is kind of funny but just to patch it up I just threw a door there real quick I was able to patch up some of the other parts of the house I figured out how to make um, house components and and kind of just build up the I think I put like wood blocks in there and they filled in the house really nice I re was able to reinforce both of my doors the front and back door I then basically put wooden spikes all over the front part of the door all along the sides of the house I only left one little spot where the back door is to where the spikes, where there's no spikes, so I can get in and out from the back door. Next time during a blood moon, I will definitely be putting spikes in that back spot by that back door to make sure that no zombies can get in the house because they did they did cause me a little bit of havoc and, and put me back a little bit, but I was, I was surprised at how quickly I was able to recover and get things back under control, get the house rebuilt, and continue playing. And leveling up. I can't remember what level I'm at now, but I think I did get a couple more levels from where I was at last week. So the house is rebuilt. I'm still playing that game every now and then whenever I get some time, and I'm still enjoying it. So Seven Days to Die, if you're looking for any type of survival type of horror game and you like zombies, I'd, I'd say Seven Days to Die is definitely one to look at. And then, of course, Shrouded the Avatar. I've been playing that the past couple of days. I had taken pretty much just about the past three or four weeks off of that game. But release 23, I think, was just put out this past Thursday. So far, it's okay. I, I have a new mouse. I have a Razer Naga Epic Chroma mouse. I have yet to be able to get the Chroma functionality working within the game. I have installed the SDK. I have enabled everything within the game. I posted on the forum. I haven't been able to figure this out. I don't see my mouse listed as being a compatible 
piece of equipment, which kind of bums me out. But um, hopefully they get it added soon, or hopefully somebody at least lets me know if, no, it's not supported. Quit wasting your time, because I've wasted several hours trying to get this damn thing to work, and I just can't. Um, but Shroud of the Avatar, release 23, looks to be pretty good. They did a full wipe, so all our characters were wiped. The nice thing about this release, though, is that we are getting three times the XP, so I seem to be leveling pretty quickly. I haven't played a heck of a lot, so I'm only around level 12 or 13. And I will probably be deleting my character tonight because when I created my character the first time, I kind of went through the new intro that they have where you're answering a bunch of questions. And I was basically given a warrior type character. So I was specced in a sword and everything that I was playing the last couple of patches. And I kind of wanted to go mage this time. So I'm going to look up what questions I actually need and how I need to answer these questions at during this intro introductory phase so I can get set up as a mage and we'll try to start leveling up as a mage. I'm kind of nervous about that. I know mages can be kind of squishy at first, but I think once I get some of the fire going and the fire spells going and some of the AoE going, I think from what I've been told by a couple of friends that the mages can turn out quite quite well and quite powerful so basically as a major glass cannon i used to play one in wow back in the day oh when the game had first come out back in whatever i think people refer to that as vanilla wow that's when i played for about the first six months and i played a uh, undead mage back then and i had a good time with it i haven't played a mage really since rift i think is where i was playing more of like a healer mage so i can't even say i was playing full-blown mage there so i definitely want to go full-blown mage right now. I think maybe when I played Warhammer, I might have been playing mage as well. I think I was going fire mage, which was actually really fun in Warhammer from what I remember Warhammer Online and getting all the PvP stuff. So, but that's, that's a whole other game and that game isn't even around anymore. So really excited to get back into some more Shroud of the Avatar. My buddy bought a player-owned town. We're waiting for that to get introduced into the game. That'll probably be at least another patch or two before we actually see that um, coming up. So we probably got another month or so that might not, we're hoping it's going to be in before Christmas. But we're not going to hold our breath on that one. It depends on how many other towns that they have on their list to get in there. I know he submitted all the paperwork. We chatted about it um, one evening when we were sitting around talking. We kind of went through everything and how he wanted to set the whole thing up. He asked for my opinion on a couple of things. And, you know, we sat down and chatted about it. And I, I think this should be pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to going into his player-owned town and actually getting the house set up there and seeing what we can all do with it. Really looking forward to that. Like I said, Shroud of the Avatar I'm still having a lot of fun with. So if you're looking for an MMO right now, you don't mind one that is in alpha. It is definitely in pre-release. There are still going to be character wipes. I can guarantee there will be at least one more character wipe, probably in about three months or so, because it seems every three months they've been doing one. My guess is after the next character wipe, they would probably do another three months before release. I'm guessing this game is a minimum of six months out. I probably wouldn't, I'd probably estimate that it'll probably be out maybe next summer, possibly fall when they're actually finished with it. They could finish faster, which would be great, but I'd rather them take their time, us continue playing through and testing everything and making sure everything's working. Uh, this way that end product is just that much better and people don't leave the game or basically they get bad press from it, from basically releasing an unfinished game. So I'd rather have them take their time with it, release a good product, and everybody will just have a, that much better of a time with it. And hopefully the community will just grow that much bigger from that. All right. Well, I've been talking for a while now. And those are the games I want to play, or those are the games that I played, but these are the games that I want to play. So last week I went down to the game store, and Thursday night after I was done playing everything, I grabbed, or no, actually it wasn't Thursday. It was Saturday when I went down there, um, and I was testing out the stream after I put all the put all my equipment away. I ran back into the store and picked up Fury of Dracula. I have not even opened Fury of Dracula, because while I was down there, the owner of the store gave me also Castle Assault. 
So Fury of of Dracula is the third release of this game, and it's basically a deduction-type game, one that I've actually watched a couple of playthroughs on before. I can't wait to get this one to the table. This one has been on my grail list for a while. I didn't want to purchase either the first or second edition. When I had heard the third release was coming out, I knew immediately that I would have this ordered. I was lucky enough that the owner of the store had actually ordered a couple of a couple for the store. One of them was actually taken. I took the second one, and then I believe he had to actually order some more because those are the only ones he had gotten in. And then Castle Assault. I've played a little bit of Castle Assault this past week, and I'll probably talk about it more next week because I'll probably be definitely playing it tomorrow and then probably some during our Twitch stream. It's basically a two-player game similar to Summoner Wars, maybe a little bit to Mage Wars, kind of has a little bit of Magic the Gathering kind of thrown in there. Basically, you're kind of just doing um, a castle assault or a tower defense type game. You're playing cards out of your hand. You have columns that your characters can then move through, and they're going to stay within those columns. And basically what you're trying to do is move your characters across the board, get them to your enemy's castle, attack his castle, and basically damage it. It looks like an okay game so far. I've only tried to play it solo and by myself so far, so I don't have a really good feel for how it plays with multiple players. There appears to be a whole single-player campaign in the game, and you can play this game solo. I haven't tried to play that yet because I've basically been trying to learn the two-player game so I could teach this to the owner of the store and a bunch of other people probably tomorrow down at board game night. So I've been working on that the past few nights. So I've been reading rules, playing a couple of demo games up here by myself, and... So far, I like it, but we'll actually have to wait and see how it actually plays with a couple of people before we give a final analysis of it. It was a game that was on Kickstarter. The products or the the pieces of the game look to be pretty good. The cards look like they're on a nice piece. They're they're on some nice cards. Card stock. The board looks to be pretty nice. The art on the cards is really cool. There appears to be a lot of other expansions going to be coming out for the board, like other factions, kind of like what they did with Summoner War. So we'll have to wait and see how this one turns out. Like I said, I have not played it enough to be able to give enough of a review for it right now. And that is it. Those are the games I played for the week, and those are the games I want to play. Hey, thanks for joining me. Send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast and then of course our twitch channel which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now like I said at the top of the episode also don't forget to do a search for Joe Luzzi on extra-life.org please give a donation check out the twitch stream on Saturday where we'll be streaming live games all day long they'll be doing board games from the local game store that I attend the team that I am on is team recess so if you just do a search for recess you can find my name under there I've gotten a few contributions the past couple of days and I'd like to thank those people that have given me those donations it's really helped me get me over the first hump and i've actually extended my goal a little bit from where i originally was since i had already met it so let's get some more donations out there for the kids i'd really appreciate it and i know they would too but you know what to do as always let me know what you're playing now and we'll catch you next week thanks a lot bye-bye